Welcome to the show tonight. My name is John Henry Soto, and this is Counterparts. And as always, Jorge Batista is here with us, and we have a great show tonight. We have a guest. You can see him right there on the screen. The music maker, John Statham, is going to be on the show tonight. He's, he's a, a, a songwriter. He's a, a producer. He's an artist, a great, great freaking singer, and I'm very excited to have He's also an author. And uh, very excited to have him on the show. So he's going to be on in a little bit. He's um, not on as of yet, but he will be here soon. But you have us. Yeah. So how's everybody <laughs> doing? How you doing, George? I am fantastic. So um, John is running a little bit late. I'm just uh, texting him now or just, um, hmm. Okay, I did send him the link. I will resend. You sure you put the right date? Me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, George, tell me how your days are going while I do this real quick thing here. I'm just going to send a, a link to Mr. John. My days are going very well, John. It's It's freezing up here. Uh, you told me it was like 20-something? Yeah, it's like 25 up here in upstate it's New York. Right. Uh, it's just it's not right, but we haven't had we haven't had snow. Yeah, um, I mean we've had we've had like a little dusting here and there, but uh, Jersey today had snow. I'm sorry for all you folks in Jersey, but uh, but yeah, we haven't had any up here like anything major anyway. So I'm glad about that. Well, last night I was looking out. I went into our bedroom and I was looking out the window, and the trees looked weird. They looked like they were you know because we're in our yard uh, or our windows here is just a forest basically mm. looking out there and it's all looking weird so i'm like so i look snow here in nashville we had like at least about an inch wow um, apparently nashville shuts down when there's any kind of snow anywhere no matter what how much it is but um but it looked beautiful and our our balcony and you know, the trees and everything just looked amazing and it's our first snow in here in nashville so that was kind of cool the kids were screaming. My my son Ben was all excited. He's like, ah! He's like all excited. <laughs> pretty pretty hilarious. Um, so, okay, so now okay, John has the link. He should be on here any second. So yeah, John Statham's gonna be on. He is the music maker. He lives right here in Nashville, Tennessee, as a matter of fact. And um, he's also an author. He's got a new record coming out. We're gonna be talking about music. We're gonna be talking about studio. We're gonna be talking about his producer. And the people that are actually on his uh, on his uh, record, some pretty heavy hitters that are on his new record. So we're going to be talking about that and um, everything, anything to do about music. We did a show last week, George and I, about uh, our old band and that whole experience. And that was a lot of fun, very nostalgic for us and um, emotional at some times as yeah. well. And um, hopefully that was informative for everybody. And that's what we're trying to make this uh, show be is informative but entertaining. We want to be silly. We want to be ourselves. And I think as we go along, I think we just get better at it. And um, it's something that I think provides value. And I wish when I was growing up, 
that I can go on and somewhere and log in and see two dorks talk about <laughs> things. You know, because yeah. I'd, I'd be like, hey, they're like me. <laughs> well, you know, if you think about it, we when we were growing up and again, when we were playing and we talked a little bit about it last time, but we had to get those VHS videotapes of our favorite artists and we had to go to the music store and either buy it or rent it or whatever it was and then come home and watch it like 27 times. Yeah. And uh, there was no, you know, none of this. So it was just, you know, we had to do what we got to do. Yeah. I remember going to the video castle and getting those, uh, getting those big VHS tapes. And that was such an experience, you know, it's, it's like, it was such a good, um, such a good experience to go there and just figure out what you're going to want, you know, what you're going to yeah. want. That idea seemed like a really good idea. And you think that that'd be always the thing, but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was kind of, uh, what Blockbuster was counting on really when Netflix was sending, when was mailing out, <laughs> mailing out DVD. DVDs. I was explaining that to my daughter the other day, cause I was actually telling her the history of Netflix and how we used to get DVDs in the mail and all this. She was like, really? I was like, yes, that's how they started. <laughs> yeah. And Blockbuster said, no, nobody's going to want that. Everybody's going to want the experience of going out. But you know, when it's 25 degrees, you know, and now anyway, it's a streaming thing, so it doesn't even matter anymore. You know, it's and Blockbuster is. I think there's still like one open somewhere. I don't know where, but I think there's. Yeah, still, wasn't it like Minnesota or some some weird? I think there's one or I don't know where. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere weird where it's just kind of like a, an odd uh, place for there to be a Blockbuster. I guess they don't have a they don't have any streaming services. So we are waiting now for John Statham. Um, he's had a little technical difficulties, but he's gonna be coming on soon. In the meantime, we'll be uh, I'll be discussing uh, about my, what I have for breakfast. I had <laughs> I had the best. No. Um, we actually um, this is actually his book. I might as well show it. So he wrote a book called uh, State of Harmony, and it's a it's a really great book. Actually, I read it, and it has a lot of great. Uh, there's also some interviews in here. There's also some um, just information on like just practical advice on songwriting and things like that. It really is a very cool. So you can get that right now if you'd like on Amazon. And it's the State of Harmony. And his name is John Statham. That's how you spell his name. I did spell it correctly. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, I, 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 sometimes I triple check that. Um, but yeah, that's his book. So... And I know we have some interesting questions. I know George was mentioning some questions about studio and things of, you know, operating the studio, not only as an artist, but as a producer and having both those kinds of different viewpoints and how you juggle that. So we're going to be discussing that. We're going to be discussing his new record, which I know some of the songs on the, uh, the uh, on his new record, I've heard him perform them live. And uh, that's been really great to just kind of get that sneak preview of some of those songs. And now they're going to be on this new record that's coming out very soon. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be a lot of uh, exciting uh, if he can get it out. Let me see. Um, okay. Hmm. Okay, so... <laughs> He's having a little bit of difficulty. Let me see. Um, 
So I'll share with the well, audience here. Well, right? This is a pretty, well. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a pretty uh, uh, open forum here. We're pretty transparent. Um, so he says uh, when he opens the link on his phone, is has him me attending but not being able to join in that I can see. Okay, okay. It should be at the bottom. Should be at the bottom. A link. This is called dead air, everyone. This is what they throw you off a radio for. <laughs> um, maybe you can do an audio, you know. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll play it by ear, everyone. Well, this is definitely by ear. So <clears throat> while we're waiting, John, let me ask you this. When you've, you're, you're a songwriter... Uh, I'm not. I'm more of an arranger, I would say. When you've written songs, were you, did you write them? Did you did you write them with an instrument, or did you write them completely, or was it a combination of? It's a good question, actually. Um, I thought you were going to say something silly. No. Um, <laughs> did you write why, why them I, naked, or were you fully dressed? That was my partially dressed. <laughs> were nips exposed? Um, no, but that's a good question because it, it does actually go both both ways. <laughs> no, but it actually does go. Um, okay, he's going to call. He's going to call me. But actually, that's a good question. Um, and the, it's both. Sometimes I'm actually uh, walking and I get a melody. And the melody, I start writing the song. And then sometimes I'll sit down and just write lyrics but have no melody. Sometimes uh -huh. I go to the guitar and I have this cool thing, but I don't have any lyrics. Right. So I go find lyrics and put lyrics to it. Um, sometimes it all comes in one bunch, like the song, the song thinking Right. that all kind of came in one bunch. Like right. I just kind of like had the idea and then the chords, everything just went in really, really quick. Okay. So here's John. So we're going to have to do an audio. He's having a little bit of difficulty, but we'll ask him some questions. Hey, you are live. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone here is uh, John Statham is on he had a little technical difficulties but uh, we are on and we're going to be asking him some questions via audio and uh, we'll uh, we'll do this again too you know because I mean you've been on the show on my old show before so we'll definitely do this again in the future um, so thank you for being on yeah thank you man I appreciate it sorry about the uh, technical difficulties yeah no worries no worries um, so I, we were just uh, riffing here a little bit about music and about the whole experience that George and I have had playing in a band and all that stuff that we did. And he just asked me a really interesting question, which I thought, you know what, maybe when, we'll just bounce it to you as the first question, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Cool. So he, he asked me basically like for songwriting. Um, one of the things I know you have in your book, you talk about it on the state of harmony, um, yeah. like songwriting, when you come up with a, a song sometimes the lyrics come first sometimes the music comes first in your case how do you work that is it do you, do you usually sit down with an instrument or does a melody come to your mind or or a lyric or something most of the time it's usually the melody first oh. you know mm -hmm. I'll, uh, i mean i mean there's times when you know a certain lyric or a phrase or a title will come to mind but uh but it's most of the time lately, it's been just the melody. And then I try to get in touch with 
what emotion that melody conveys and then sort of write a story or write a song about that. Yeah. But interesting, uh, the other day I had a, had a title come first, which oh. then led to, you know, the song. So, Oh, that's cool. I'm not done yet, so I can't reveal it. But. <laughs> <laughs> so another, uh, funny thing that i was watching um i don't know if you've watched it yet the uh the beatles uh the get back on net on no i really want to watch that soon now yeah i started watching it it is mesmerizing it is unbelievable i, I was i've only watched maybe like two hours of it it's like nine hours long <laughs> yeah but <laughs> but yeah but it was really really interesting and one of the things that when they were talking to when they're songwriting and i've heard later paul talk about this uh we're on first name basis me and paul um paul he talked about like he'll have a section of a song that he didn't use for this thing but he's going to use it for something else and he'll bring that in you know is that something that you do because i always find that kind of difficult for me to like like i have something that i worked on but i don't want to use it on that i'm going to transpose it to a, a completely different song that has a different meaning but somehow he was able to work that. Yeah, I have done that on rare occasions, but I, I do understand what kind of challenge that is. Yeah. Because it's like it was the idea or the that part was so married to the original idea that it's hard to take it and put it over here. But I, I can I can recall maybe two or three occasions where I, you know, was successful in doing that and it, and it fit you know it fit better in the new thing better than the old thing so yeah and i think in the i guess at the end of the day it's really just what inspires you and what message you want to say with whatever pieces of music you have yeah exactly cool exactly. so i'm going to turn it over to george george has some questions um that he wants to ask so uh take it away george hey john how are you sir i'm doing great man good to meet good. you Absolutely. Same here, man. Same here. I was uh, just, I was actually, you know, uh, trying to familiarize myself with your material. Great material, by the way. I was watching some of your videos and listening to some of the music. Oh, okay. I'm going to bring you closer to the, uh, to the speaker. Go ahead, George. Okay. So I was, uh, yeah, I was just checking out some of your videos and familiarizing myself with some of your songs, which are fantastic, by the way. You have great, great sound. Um, so, and I, I know John has interviewed you before and I, I wasn't too familiar with you. Can you just tell, uh, talk a little bit about your background, talk a little bit about your musical background. I think your, your family was in music, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody in my family, uh, was able to sing, you know, for whether I don't, you know, I, I think just through the years, we've just always sung. So I grew up in a family where. We just, people could sing. I thought, well, it's just, you know, imagine just arriving in this world and you're like, oh, people sing here. This is great. This is just what we do. <laughs> That's so awesome. It was a rare thing. You know, or not rare, but I didn't know that all families didn't do that. Right. <laughs> so, but it was, you know, I was really fortunate where, you know, people, there was a lot of music in the house. You know, my dad was a DJ for many different stations, but, um, you know, um, primarily a country music station. And so there was, you know, always music in the house, but, you know, not just country. We, he loved uh, the Great American Songbook. And from a very young age, 
uh, we all sang in church and all that. And, and uh, from like second grade, I started going to the library with my sister and I would get to sit, I would get a lot of albums out, but the main ones I would get out are the motion picture soundtrack to the film Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, it's <laughs> a great one. And, uh, that, that's entertainment, the movie that's entertainment that had to do with like, so I always say my biggest influences were Jesus, Judas, and George Gershwin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was, a, that was a weird kid. With just sound. It made for some good times. My sister and my dad both played the guitar, and my dad played the piano. You know, and uh, we all played instruments. In the fourth grade, I, I picked the violin for some reason. Like, I didn't think, I had no idea, like, oh, I can't wait to play the violin. No, I just got us all in the gymnasium, and, yeah, we think you're old enough to play instruments now, and this is what all of these sound like, and I just picked the violin, I had no idea. And I just came home wanting to play the violin. But anyway, I did that, you know, through school, and, and played some viola, too. And, but when I was in 10th grade, the guitar took over. Yeah. completely <laughs> like, took over. But uh, do you yeah, um, just sort of a background of how things evolved that way for me? Yeah. Do you um, remember what your first guitar was by any chance? <laughs> I do. It was a Hondo. It was a Hondo two. Oh yeah. A Hondo. It was a Hondo two, and it was a cherry red um, Strat copy. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it became only so good. Right, right. Yeah, I but, think uh, I think I had one of those. Cool <laughs> guitars I've had over the years that I wish I still had. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think um, I had the. Do you remember Georgia? The Rock Axe. Rock Axe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's called a Rock Axe, and uh, yeah. I still have it. It has no hardware on it, but it's in my closet. You still have that? I do. Wow. At some, at some point, I want to put some hardware. I, you know, I, I was thinking at the time. You know, when I have a, a, a kid. I'll have it for my kid, you know, and right, I have a, right. a son, so, but um, it has no hardware on it, but yeah, it, it didn't sound great, but it was good for what I needed at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, excellent. Awesome. Yeah, the one I had after that was probably one, the first one that I wish I still had, it was a, you remember a company called Area Pro 2? Yes, I had an Area Pro 2. They, they had one that, that kind of looked like a Les Paul, but the top of it near the neck kind of had an S pattern instead of a Yes. <laughs> that thing was so cool, man. Yeah. Great sounded good. It looked good. That's know? awesome. I, actually, I had the AeroPro, but it was a Strat type body. Um, wow. The only part of, part of that really kind of sucked was the uh, they had a floating tremolo on it, and when those you know when those springs in the back go, I couldn't keep that thing in tune, so I, I <laughs> it was really really rough. But uh, I sold it, and uh, yeah, I got my uh, my Les Paul after that one. But um, yeah, big jump, <laughs> big upgrade. Yep, absolutely. So I wanted to ask you about studio because um, you are a producer and you produce records and uh, artists and stuff like that, and you're an artist. So we, you know, George and I was uh, were talking earlier, and he had mentioned about wearing those two hats. You know, kind of like trying to. Like if you're the artist and you're working with a producer, which I know you 
you did in the last album that the, the one that we're going to be talking about um but in the future you know in the past you've actually have produced your own records and things like that um how is how is that different like is it difficult for you to listen to someone because you kind of have like your own vision or is it you know it give and take how, how did you work that it's a lot of give and take because uh, the recordings that i produced are what got the interest of the people i eventually you know that uh billy that produced my record yeah so in that way you know the arrangements were pretty much there you know um we made quite a few changes but not so much where it just sounded completely not like me or not right like my vision but uh the ability to take off that producer hat was just invaluable because mm. i mean somebody has to be like okay this is this is how we're gonna do it you know and in many cases that was me but mostly it was it was billy yeah you know really he's uh Let's just say he's had a successful run. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, how much can we talk about that? Yeah, um, quite a bit. I mean, he, it's kind of hard to argue with that kind of yeah, success. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, gladly take that producer hat off. Absolutely. But, you know, he, he very much was like, you know, this is your record. And, and I, you know, you have to be happy with it. You know, he's right. such a such an understanding person to work with. Yeah. Uh, you know, always grants that this is your vision, you know, which I think, you know, from the beginning, given that I did the original demos, he had enough faith in how I saw the record being made that, you know, it wasn't like he was guiding somebody that had no idea what they wanted to sound like. Right. You know, so, so that was helpful. So, yeah. But, but in the end, it's like he, he is the producer of this record and, and uh, I couldn't be happier with how it turned out. Yeah, I, it, I knew it would be great, but it's like I'm um, just over the moon for this record. Yeah, I heard some sneak peeks on some of the stuff that you released, just like little behind the scenes stuff, and it sounds fantastic. Yeah, um, I, yeah it sounds really, really good. And Billy, working with Billy, uh, you know, um, you know, he has a an incredible, incredible career. And we're yeah. talking about Billy Sheehan, everyone, in case anybody yes. just wondering <laughs> if they ain't Billy. It's like Billy. Um, yeah. So Billy Sheehan, um, and, you know, incredible it's music. Billy, it's, Billy, it's Billy Crystal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I was trying to think of a Billy, and I was like thinking, what? I can't think of a Billy. <laughs> Billy the Kid. <laughs> uh, Billy the Kid. He's way dead. So, um when he had you know he came from you know his his uh the genre i guess you would say is kind of heavy right it's a lot heavier than than uh um was that something that you kind of felt you didn't want to bring in too much of i mean you're a rocker because you are a rocker i've seen you rock out but yeah. is it something that you were kind of like conscious of like making sure that it keeps your sound where it's not overbearing uh something that maybe wasn't your um, your original thought you know, it, it wasn't a, uh, a struggle at all because, you know, I know I know that a majority of what Billy has done, you know, he's known as this super agile and often fast bass player in hard rock bands. But he's had just 
uh, a real variety of oh, yeah. types of music. And, you know, and, and his most successful song that he's been was a part of was an acoustic ballad right. with Mr. Big. Right, so, <laughs> right, right. He often says, you know, I'm not a country guy, but he says, I, I am a song guy. Right, and, right. And he, he spotted, you know, how to let a song be the song that it is and not not change it and give it that these are kind of you know a lot of these are story songs and right. and acoustic based and they just naturally kind of fall into that country feel yeah which you know even though i've played in hard rock bands all through the years you know i'm just sort of bringing it back home to country because all the while i was with those hard rock bands i was always writing acoustic songs on my acoustic guitar and yeah gigs just by myself with my guitar so yeah kind of a side of me that uh you know a lot of people knew about but a lot of people just on the surface didn't didn't see so yeah nice to bring that out yeah i didn't actually know that actually i mean i knew you know being in nashville I thought you would gravitate towards it. And then also being a storyteller, you know, your songs are very, very uh, visual as well. And that's what country music is really, in my opinion, it just creates these incredible landscapes where you can really get lost in an actual story in, you know, three and a half to four minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah so that's I, awesome. Yeah. I love that. I mean, you know, you got to figure if you can write a song that puts people in, in touch with their own memories or their own mental pictures, you know, maybe they're creating a video as they're listening to it. They That's can, right. The, the words and the emotions are creating these pictures for the listener and they're contributing to it. They're, they're co-creating it with you. They're creating their own, their own video. Yeah. So it's, I, I, I like to tell, at least 80 to 90% of the story in the lyrics mm. and, and leave a little bit for them to create on as well. Yeah. Like, oh, what did that mean? Oh, that could have meant this or that. And then they're, they're sort of in touch with their own, uh, thinking on it. Sure. For a better word. You know? Sure. A different interpretation. Everybody has like their own lives yeah. and their own experiences. Yeah. yeah. That's it's awesome. Not super murky, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. George. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a, a question for you here. Um, just again, uh, talking about you know putting on the producer hat. Um, are there some common things that you see with artists that when they come in, um, like common, I don't know, let's say mistakes or things that you see on a regular basis that you know that have had that you've you've grown up as a producer and helping other artists fix those things you know because as the you know as as a guy who's never i've never produced anything but i've been the artist in the room having to perform certain things and and things like that and i you know you get an education really quick when you're when you're in the studio for the first time so are there certain things that you see common common things you see especially if like it was it's the artist's first time in the studio that you need to help them with yeah um Usually it's, it's to be open to ideas about, you know, tweaking the songs in places, you know, because bands or, or singer-songwriters or even just songwriters that don't sing, which I work a lot with, they have the song and they've played it this way and they've heard it this way that if you even suggest to shorten the intro, they're like, 
oh no, it's got like I'm setting up the mood. But, yeah, right, but <laughs> right, right. I would encourage people to pay attention to um, listening to their own song, like like it's not them, mm. and like they've never heard it before, mm. because then you'll start to notice where. Your, your attention might drift or where the listener's attention might wander, you know, because I don't want to change who a band or an artist is in the studio. I want to make it so their song gets heard in the first place. And if people tune out after the first verse, they're yeah. not going to hear that great twist in the bridge or they're, they're not going to hear that awesome chorus or the vocal performance later in the song or the solo if it needs one, you know, yeah, they're just not going to hear it. They're going to tune out. So it's like, it's a game of getting and keeping the attention. Um, you know, and if that's, you know, a lot of artists might see that as conflicting with their vision, but I try to present it in a way where it's, it enhances the, the long-term picture of getting fans and people to, I mean, if you're writing songs and you're going to record them and you're investing in it, I'm sure you want people to hear the whole thing, you know? Right. Exactly. So, That's what I was going to say. I mean, I would, you know, yeah. I want, I mean, and it's not really vain to, to say, I want people to like my songs, you know? Right. It's not like I'm just putting it out there. If you don't like it, then won't, whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> you enjoy them, you know, uh, right. you know, you want to create an effect. Artists want to create effects. Right. Um, and you want to create the desired effect. Yeah. You feel what you were feeling when you wrote it, you know? Uh, often that's that's usually the reason why people want to convey their art or their song or their, their, their singing. They want you to feel a certain thing, and it's usually what they felt. And that brings people together you know it's like yeah that guy that singer understands me or or the listener gets what i'm doing here you know yeah and you know if you could do that you got a lifelong fan you know yeah and and i was actually gonna just to piggyback on what you were saying earlier about some artists that something happened something was like in the early 90s where it was cool to like not care or something like you know yeah. like it was like the, you know the grunge thing was like as the more in pain I look, and the more <laughs> I hate things, the more I think people will love me or some some weird aberrated way of looking at life. But um, I feel like today because of of the internet and social media, people want to see a little bit more happiness. They <laughs> they want to enjoy artists. I think, and maybe it's just my own because I live in a in a in a happy bubble or something, but. I just feel that overall, I think people are are tired of that whole, oh, I'm too cool to like anything or to care about if anybody likes me or something. Do, do you get that also, like dealing with artists and stuff like that? Is that something that you have to kind of, you know, maneuver when you're in the studio? Well, not always, because I think I'm usually relatively happy, so... Maybe it's that unhappy people don't want to gravitate towards me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that um, is a that is a thing. That is true. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but you know, if, if they are, you know, I would try to at least lighten them up a little bit. Right. Know? Right. Right. Enough to the you know because you know think about when you when you just 
music production. <laughs> right. <laughs> happy enough to at least be productive, you know, so. Right, right. I mean, I, I try to help them to create in that regard. And, and some people are great at just working through that feeling of depression. And when they get into action, they, they start to feel better, you know. But I, I would hate to think that any artist would be like, would have the feeling like they have to be depressed in order to create because that's just, that's right. just not true. Right, right, right. George. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, I was actually kind of piggybacking on that because remember, John and I, you and I talked about last week where we talked about, you know, different producers that we actually had spoken to and the energy in those rooms, right? We've spoken to some that for whatever reason, when we walked in there, the attitude and the energy was just, it, we, it was so low. We didn't even want to deal with it versus, you know, going to another place where the energy was so high and it was such a, it was, it was so easy to create in that studio. So, I mean, it, it makes such a difference when you have someone, you know, whether it's a producer or just even the studio engineer who has the energy where they, it really lets you flow and create, you know, in that space. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah. And I think it has a lot to do also with the, um, what you know if, if an artist comes in with with prod you know with songs um if he's in that environment where the environment itself is not nurturing to those songs then those songs as good as they may be they aren't going to come out as <laughs> they're not going to come out as good you know so i think it's important for you know people like you and and uh producers like yourself that are happy as you go in <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's not like if you're having a bad day, that has nothing to do with what this product, you know, or this project has to do with. Um, so that's an important thing. And, you know, I, we, we do the, this show and we're very um, passionate about trying to give other artists, you know, some information and some data that they can apply to their careers and their lives and something that they can take with them. You know, um, what's something that you would say to someone who's, already an artist, but they're considering on also putting on the hat of producer and producing other artists. What's some advice that you would give to someone like that? I would say, listen to a lot of music, listen mm -hmm. to a lot of great music. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, you know, I, there's a lot of fringe type of music that I like, like I like extremely, heavy metal i like a lot of death metal but i like a lot of classical too and and different forms of jazz that aren't really that popular you know mm. not, you know i mean they're popular with with a lot of people but not as much as country rock you know pop r&b you know all the major genres but i would listen to the best artists um and oddly enough, from back in the day, they're almost usually the best-selling artists. Mm -hmm. you know, there was a maybe up till a few years ago. It's just been a golden age for about seventy years for the for the record industry. I mean, say what you want about the labels, and they were corrupt as hell, but they knew how to they signed some great artists. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, there were some people that were in there, regardless of what was going on with the uh, the industry. There were some yeah. people that really could 
hear talent. You yeah. know, Clive Davis comes to mind and uh, yeah. Quincy Jones and, and guys like that that just – Oh yeah, right, 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 exactly. I probably got his name wrong, but yeah, yeah, great visionary. Exactly. So that's a that's a very valuable. Uh, and I would also say, be open to listening to music that is successful today. You know, because mm-hmm. ultimately that's the marketplace. If, if you're not too made sick by that term, right? <laughs> <laughs> Right. You know? And I still love that stuff, but I always, you know, yeah. I always try to challenge myself to listen to what's out there now and, you know, and find a great many things to like about it. You know, there's, there's some fantastic songwriters out there today. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if you, are you familiar with uh, Rick Beato? Oh, yeah. 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 So he does a thing where he, he does the uh, top 10 songs on Spotify today. And he'll kind of cover those 10 songs. And I usually go into it like, oh, God, <laughs> what yeah, is what is this going to be? But towards the end of it, I'm like, wow, he found some really interesting things in there that I wouldn't have picked up or an artist that I wouldn't have gravitated towards because I just not I don't have a radio. I don't even listen to radio per se. But um, it was very interesting when he does that. Yeah, I mean, probably a lot of people. He's turning out to those artists that That's right. maybe wouldn't have found out about them, like That's Olivia right. Rodrigo. That's right. Good, good stuff there, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, Billie Eilish, you know, I don't yeah. like all her stuff, but some yeah. of her stuff is just... Yeah, she, she falls into the category a little bit of a... I guess a little bit depressed sometimes, but yeah. but yeah. she's but she's got some good stuff. Yeah, really clever. clever yeah, very stuff. clever, yeah. She reminds me a little bit, I guess, of uh, Amy Winehouse with... Um, what she did vocally, which was at the time very unique. Today, I think there's a lot of uh, people that are falling off of that uh, that tree. But um, she yeah. remind, reminds me of her. Where she, you knew she was troubled, but she's a genius. You know, you can tell yeah. that there was something there that was uh, brilliant and stuff. And you exactly. know, yeah. So that was that's that's awesome. George, you got a question? Yeah, just uh, curious uh, from the writing perspective. I mean, I know from the musical perspective, there are times where you kind of um, you get a little bit frustrated where it's like you, 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 you're trying to you're trying to get to a level that you can't get to or you're trying to work on something that you can't figure, you know, you just can't figure it out. You know, so from the songwriting perspective, do you ever get into those times where it's you, all of a sudden you're I guess you could call it writer's block or whatever it is where all of a sudden your your creative process has stalled for you? And if you do, how do you work through that? You know, I actually just ended a period of writer's block mm. where, you know, I, I I usually try to pick up the guitar every day and just see what I can come up with. But um, it's been about a week or two where I, just nothing new has come to me. You know, and it usually just comes to me or I, I get them. I have the, the some kind of emotion that tells me something is brewing you know like something i can tell i'm about to create something that will at least be good enough to to work on so 
yeah, I usually just try to live life enough so that right. I can write about it. Right. Because there's creating and then there's going out and living life. And if you, you know, a lot of writers do this, you know, they, they go out and they have all these adventures and they just do crazy stuff, you know, hopefully not too crazy, but, yeah. you know, they, they, they live, you know, and then they have some experiences under their belt and maybe they just got whatever out of their systems where now they can put their attention on, you know, uh, getting some creative output out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be getting out of the. Um, I mean, you could be on a, on a you know an everyday daily kind of. A, I don't want to call it a rut, but if you're kind of like live, you know, every day is kind of the same. If you change it up a little bit, you know, and you go for a walk, even sometimes like that. That's what works yeah. for me. Sometimes I'll just I'll just take a walk or I'll listen to music. Is what else? Another thing that I do, I'll put on something that some new music or some uh, whatever, and uh, usually that inspires to to come out of that so that's great that that um that uh, you know end of the year maybe that's what it was <laughs> you know you like <laughs> all the craziness of the end of the year and the year that we've had in the last couple of years uh, yeah I'll tell you, uh, i often get inspiration or it just maybe it just puts me in a certain mood when i watch like documentaries or ah. listen to them as i'm working uh, yeah on youtube and one of the best songs I've ever written is a song called Forever that I did late last year. And I got inspired just listening to uh, a documentary on Orson Welles because I'm like obsessed with Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, I have you know, that disease. Guy is just amazing, right? He lived an amazing life. He did. And he... Uh, yeah, I just think the, the music from that era was playing during the documentary, and I was like, oh, man, this is great. And then before I knew it, I had this sort of melody, this... Yeah. Anyway, it's on my SoundCloud. Just check it out. It's called Forever. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like... it's It sounds like it's from like the Great American Songbook era. Yeah. But anyway... Um, that's awesome. So, I know, yeah, and I would come to think of it. That's kind of a running thing with me. Like I would be inspired by films, but I don't mm -hmm. produce films right now. I, I do music, so yeah, that's with a lot of David Lynch with my rock stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we uh, we have a. Uh, I flashed your uh, uh, website on the screen here, just so people know it's johnstatham.com uh, dot com, and oh. they they can get to your SoundCloud from there as well, right? Yes, I believe they yep. can. Yeah, there's a couple SoundCloud uh, songs on there, so just click on it. It'll take you to SoundCloud, and you can hear my uh, music production, but as as well my songwriting and singing yeah. and all that. Awesome. And you you're talking about film and uh, music. You know, I mean, you can't really have a film without music. You know, and you can't really have a song without a vision. You know, a mental image of what. Yeah. It is so it's it goes so well together it's like peanut butter and jelly and i just love um when i hear a song and suddenly you get an idea for a video music video and yeah. a couple of music videos that i've directed i remember just hearing the song and immediately i was like oh yeah this should be like this this is what i'm seeing you know <laughs> and if you can communicate that with confidence to the artist i think that that's also a big part of having them see like oh wow yeah you know you're right 
it does look that, you know, that is that, you know, if you're able to do that. So I think those things go so well together. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, it's like there was people making films of their songs in the 60s and 70s. And then MTV came along and I'm sure a lot of people said, what took you so long? Yeah. <laughs> like, like these two things just naturally go together so well. It's know? true. It's true. Um, I wanted to ask you about your uh, your new record. Um, now we've talked about studio, we've talked about you know Billy Sheehan and producing and songwriting, um, but let's talk a little bit about the new record and a lot of uh, older. I'm gonna call it an album because I'm I'm from the album age. Uh, yeah, it's an album, and I love albums, and I'm always gonna love albums, and that's it. So, do you have a theme on this album? Is there a specific theme that you have running through it? Um. I believe so. I mean, it might not, I don't know. It does to me when I listen through these songs. And the title of the record is going to be The Struggle is Beautiful. And the cover will have a theme that says the struggle is real. And then the word real will be crossed out and somebody wrote in beautiful. Mm. So kind of like taking some tough times and, and working through it and seeing it for all the good and ignoring the enduring the losses, you know, and just going with the winds and, and making sure that you're moving forward throughout all the challenging times. And, you know, to tell you the truth, I got to know Billy in late 2019. And before you know it, we're in a pandemic. Right. And life, life became very challenging. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, me and my wife, we decided not to remain in Los Angeles. You know, we'd been back there for a couple of years and we had lived in Nashville prior. But, you know, we were like, we were going to go back to work on the album anyway, a month later than we did. But we were like, you know what, we, we should go now. And we went before everything shut down. Wow, just made it. And, you know, we still have many friends in the area, so sure. it wasn't hard to, to land. But, uh, and then Billy's tour uh got uh cut short and he came back and it, it worked out perfectly it was like we're all in town now so let's let's just make this record that's so and, great uh, did, yeah. did so, you did you um i'm sorry did you um just bring him a whole bunch of songs and just kind of go through it and pick which ones you wanted how did that work well you know i i met him doing kind of like a songwriter you know, uh, rock showcase with a friend of mine and uh, actually two friends of mine, a singer and a drummer. And I played guitar and sang one of my songs as part of the set. And he's like, you know, that, that was a really good song. He's like, we should stay in touch. So we exchanged numbers and email and all that. And I sent him like five more songs and he listened to them and he's he texted me back. I still took a picture of the text. <laughs> He's like, you know, if you have if you have more songs like uh, "Do You" and "Tidal Wave," I'll make an album with you anytime. And I was like, oh my god! Wow, <laughs> that's so cool. I was, I was like, I got the call. <laughs> you know, that's but, so um, awesome. It was uh, it was pretty mind blowing. So, wow. I did take a couple of trips there before we moved and we 
you know, I'm sending him four songs, and then five, and then three, and then pushing work for like 50 or 60 songs. Wow. You know, and we took the time and listened to them all and, and improved them where we could. But we put 16 of them that they just all seem to be like a set. Like these, these belong together. Mm. And he, you know, we both loved all of them. And many of them, he helped me rework to the point where he, he was co-writer. You know, he, he gave okay. that much of a contribution. Wow. He didn't ask for it either. He, he would have been happy just to not be it, but he, he, I, I couldn't not do it. It was, it changed the whole nature of the songs yeah. and made them so much better. So that's awesome. So, um, so from there, you know, he, uh, maybe a year or two before had started up a production company with the engineer, Scott Bush and the drummer from Corn, Ray Lucier. And they've been working on people's projects and he, you know, got them to help out too. And they, they wow. liked the songs and it was great. I met the first time I met Ray, it just blew me away. He's like, I'm a big fan of your songs. I'm like, oh, wow, man, that's so cool. It's <laughs> not like, like, it, it was, I'm, I'm a very fortunate man. Yeah, that's know? so, that's so awesome. And I yeah. think there's video, I've seen video of uh, Billy talking about your songs. I don't know if you've seen that clip where he's, he's kind of like just says, yeah, and I, this guy, John, John Statham has all these songs and they're all great. <laughs> <laughs> and he's I'm like, and they're all great. All those just to my confidence. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, it was. It's uh, yeah. it must be. It must have been such a great honor to to work with those guys and to. It is, and it's not like, you know, I, I like to hear those things not just because I like to have ego stroked, but uh, it's it's like I'm not just another client to him. He really right. I know that he's sincere and that he really believes in this record. I mean, he's putting his name on it. Right. Right. He's, he's, putting his name on it by presenting it to people around town. I've got to meet some really, really great uh, players and, and uh, uh, yeah. industry people. So it's, uh, you know, it, it, it represents him as much, almost as much as it does me. Absolutely. Know? And I mean, it's, it's a validation for, you know, for your songs and for you. And uh, there's, you know, there's, you don't need to have your ego stroked to just be validated as an artist. I think every artist wants that. Um, and so that's to have him do that. That's, that's really excellent. I love that. Yeah. I really, I really like to see that. That's awesome. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about, um, performing. I know you still perform around town here in Nashville. Um, I think I went to one of, one of your shows or maybe two, a couple of shows where I saw you perform, which was awesome. Um, you. yeah, you're welcome. Are you, do you have anything scheduled coming up? Um, I do. I'm playing tomorrow night oh. at a songwriter showcase called 19 miles to music row. And it's actually at the United Methodist church. They hold it there oh, in cool. Franklin. And oh, okay. I think the address is 120 Aldersgate Way. Awesome. And, uh, if you, if you live in the area, you take Franklin Road uh, towards Franklin, but you're you, before you get to the main part of town. You you turn right, and there's the church campus. I think it's the only thing on that 
on that at the end of that road. So yeah, yeah. A huge, huge church campus, tons of parking. So it's oh, going to be a cool. good time. Cool. And I'll be on stage with uh, three other songwriters. And I, I put in my post six o'clock, but we start at six thirty. So yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know how that works. <laughs> yeah, we definitely know that. <laughs> I know. Demanding that money back. But after, um, anybody who wants to go should go, but uh, stick around at 7.30. Uh, there's a, one of the writers for the band Little Texas oh. is going to be playing his hits and, and talking about songwriting. So that's going to be a real, real treat. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's one of the things about living here in Nashville that uh, you go to places. Um, I think when you performed um, at the Commodore Grill, um, I stayed for a little bit longer after after your set, and you just see people come up on stage and I was like, "Oh yeah, she wrote the number one song for Reba McIntyre, and uh, yeah. this next person wrote a song for this person," and and you know, and I and you're just like, "Wow," you know, it's just like they're just. It's such, I mean, it is Music City, but it really is Music City. It's not just a name, you know. Yeah, and they're not just in their mansions. They're just, they're regular folk. Yeah, like, yeah. Writing great songs. Writing songs. Playing them out and testing out their new songs on audiences. I love yeah. it. Really great. I love it. So any um, final thoughts on um, your record? I know we have johnstatham.com where people can actually get some more information. Where can people really follow you and really get like a day-to-day thing on uh, John Statham? Uh, probably most active on my Instagram. So it's just at John Statham, J-O-N-S-T-A-T-H-A-M. And autocorrect spells it J-O-H-N, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Damn autocorrect. There was some gnarly, gnarly mistakes earlier. I was almost cracking up. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of competition between him and Jason Statham too. Also, they can follow me on um, Spotify. That would be great because ultimately, you know, that's, I have a lot of issues with Spotify, but uh, as a consumer, I think it's great. Yeah. I can't complain about that. Yeah. Uh, So if they they would like to follow me there, that would be great because that's, that's where you're going to be able to enjoy the the music. And I'm going to be, you know, releasing, probably a single per month here coming up soon. And then maybe after a couple months, just put out the whole record. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, we'll definitely be looking forward to that. Uh, I want to thank you for being on the show. We'll definitely do this again. Maybe when you uh, release the album, the whole album, maybe you can come back again um, and we'll do some more, uh, some more chatting on the music world. Thank you. I would really like that. Yeah. It'd be my, our pleasure. Definitely. John, thank you so much, man. Hey, thank you guys. I really you got it. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. All right. Sweet. Nice. John nice. Statham. So cool. We couldn't see him, but we heard him, and right. that's important. And some great information there, and some uh, some great tools that I think people can learn from. You know, on operating this, and also maneuvering in this industry. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Because this is not. You know, I always it always cracks me up with some people that they think that oh, you know, they're like oh. Why don't you, uh, like, if you're getting something, if uh, you get an opportunity, people will call you, hey, can I get on that? Right. Can I get on right. that? You know, right. and right. somebody once told me, oh, take me with you, you know, because I, I can't remember what I did, but I did something, I was doing something. 
And it doesn't work that way. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's not like it, it doesn't work that way. It really is. A, it, it's a hustle. Yes. It's a constant move forward. It's a constant struggle, but it, the struggle can be fun. Right. And if you enjoy the process of trying to get there, getting there is a lot more fun. Right. You know, and, and there's a good chance that you will get there because the energy is the right energy to get there. You know, right. Exactly. But and it's also it also helps that you can see that he's such a he's his 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 energy is so high. You can right. see that he's such a his he's such a you know a down to earth guy. You can see that you can see he's very spiritual. You could see he's just he loves what he's doing. He's got a passion. Like we talked about last week, you know, doing it whether you're making money or not, because you just love to do it. Correct. So and Correct. that passion exudes from him, and he's attracting that. He attracts, right. you know, the Billy Sheens of the world and all these people right. of the world to want to play with somebody like that. That's right. And that's yeah, and a lot of that comes. I mean, he's got great songs, he's mm -hmm. got a great voice. Super, super talented guys. So, you know, when you're that talented, you know, you will bring in people, you know, right. to some degree. But when you bring them in, you also have to have that energy that people want to work with you. Right. You know, um, and that's definitely something that he uh, absolutely has. And so it's it's really cool to to have that, um, to have him on the show. And I think this is him, but it doesn't show his picture, but he says, thanks for having me. So uh, absolutely. absolutely. It was our pleasure, John. Thank you so much for being on. Definitely be on again. Follow him at johnstatham.com. His album's coming out soon. Uh, follow him also on Spotify. And uh, he's got some songs that you can actually listen to right now on uh, uh, SoundCloud, which you can get on johnstatham.com. Cool. All right, George. Well, there you go. Another one in the books. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We appreciate y'all very much. We will be back next week. And next week we might do a... Um, might do some Star Trek next week. Uh, we haven't done a Star Trek. Uh, we didn't talk about Star Trek today. I think um, we're, we kind of go in and out. But this is a free show. We love music. We love film. We love health. We love life. We love Star Trek. So that's what you get from watching us here. Um, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in. George, thank you very much. Thank you, See sir. See you next week. Thank you, everybody. And as always, peace.